Yud Aleph Shvat, Tafshinayin Zayin, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome, one and all, to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Shlomo Artsy, live in Kesaria, opens things up here on the Israel Show. Welcome, one and all, to yet another live edition of the Israel Show, coming to you from the headquarters of Ariel Tours. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's where, that's when it starts. Whatever time it is, wherever you are. When we start immediately after JMDAM, everything is relative. And of course, this show is available on demand. You can listen to it whenever you want. And you know what? Statistics show that many, many of you are listening on demand. You go to the archives on NachumSiegel.com. You go to the archives on, uh, on the app, on the Nachum Siegel Network app. And you can listen to the show whenever you want, because some people are busy at 9 in the morning on the East Coast, or they're asleep at 6 in the morning on the West Coast, whatever it is. So there it is, on demand, whenever you want to listen to it. And if you're not sure how, shoot us an email, mayor at Ariel, Tour, uh, mayor at um, Nachum Siegel. Yeah, let's do it that way. Mayor at NachumSiegel.com. <laughs> mayor, M-E-I-R, at NachumSiegel.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Great links. We posted an amazing link last night. Um, worth the price of entry right there. I mean, you can just see it um, even if uh, you don't like the page. It is a gorgeous, amazing video of Yerushalayim as filmed by a, one of these drones. You know, these little drones now that are all the rage. So they, they mounted a camera on it. Oh, my gosh. It is just it's astounding. Um, on, uh, actually, on the Facebook post, I wrote, did you ever wonder what it would be like to see the fulfillment of age-old prophecies? Well, here's a taste. It is unbelievable, really. You should, you should see it. Uh, we're going to go to some music, and then later on, immediately following uh, the next song, we're going to speak about the... Uh, Expulsion of the Jews from Amona and the um, uprooting of that community from the land of Israel. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Trump in Israel. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Galei Tzahal and uh, the left-leaning uh, media in Israel. We've got lots to talk about. So let's get to the music and then get back to the talk. Um, thank you so much for tuning us in and making us a part of your week. Danny Sanderson of Poogie fame, Gazo's fame, Dota fame, great songwriter, lyricist, singer, put out a new album, just came out last week. Some of those songs have been out for a while. Some are new. This one is Bocheve Gam Tzochek. It's the number that opens things up on the album. Really cute. Bocheve Gam Tzochek. Danny Sanderson off his new album, Mikan Haderech is its name. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shabbat <laughs> Shalom. 
Danny Sanderson, brand new album, just hit the uh, stores late last week. The name of the album, Mikan Haderech, that was the opening number, Bochevegam Tzochek, I'm Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Last week, if you follow the news at all, the Israeli news, you'll know that the uh, town slash community of Amona in the Shomron was... Um, destroyed. The people who lived there for decades, for whom this was their home, were expelled. They were exiled, maybe, um, from their homes. And the entire town is going to just be bulldozed. Why? We discussed it at length in a previous show. If you want to hear more details, you can go there. But just to sum it up, here's what happened. An Israeli leftist, radical leftist, I should say, organization called Yeshdin, goes and searches for any shred of possibility that there's a tiny speck of land anywhere in Yehudan Shomron that it might be said about has Arab ownership. And they found some document that showed that somewhere in the area of Amona, there is some small section that is owned by a Palestinian Arab, not because he bought it, not because he lived there, not because he used it, but because of some crazy deal that King Hussein made when he occupied Yehudan Shomron illegally between 1948 and 1967, and in order to get people to be quiet, he, he gave them pieces of, of land, little pieces of land for their, for their own use. And so based on that, now understand, we don't even know where exactly this area is within the land of Amona. There's, there's no way to know. There's only the knowledge that somewhere... In the area of Amona, there is land that could possibly, technically, be claimed by an Arab. So this Jewish organization that does this finds the Arab who doesn't even know that he has this land, or that he might have this land, finds the Arab and works with them in order to file a suit in the High Court of Justice in Israel against the government of Israel. And this has been going on, this fight has been going on for about 10 years. And finally, and by the way, part of Ambona was already evacuated and, um, and, and destroyed, and that was 10 years ago in a very hostile and violent um, attack of the Israeli police uh, on the residents of Ambona at the time. It left a scar. Uh, it was really traumatic for many people. 
Well, now came the time for the other side, and after fighting about it, bitter and long fight, the government trying to come up with some solution that will be able to be a loophole against the um, ruling of the high court. Nothing worked, and at the end of the day, they had to leave. Okay? One would imagine that an event like this, the ripping up of Jewish homes in the land of Israel, the exiling of its residents out of their community, I mean, in a small way, they're being, yes, I understand they're being exiled within the land of Israel, so it's not like Nebuchadnezzar, right, Or, or, or Titus. But yeah, but there but in a sense, in a sense, we are exiling ourselves. We did it in, in Aza and Gush Katif. And 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 it's being done here in the name of justice, the name of law. At the end, the residents, when they realize there's no other way, there's no way out accepted the court ruling and left in protest, but in a very non-violent manner. The, um, the expulsion was over a two-day period last week, the end of last week, and it was covered almost entirely live by the Israeli television uh, news stations. Of course, the news stations are looking for action, for violence. So the people who evacuated quietly were not as uh, much in the headlines. What, what did make the news was uh, a group of young anarchists, that's the only way I could, I could define it, who barricaded themselves in the shul of Amona, literally barricaded themselves. They went in there, about, I think, 60 of them, and they they barricaded the doors from the inside, from the outside, in order to make a statement. And there, there was violence. And there, there was terrible scenes where these young um, young men with big kippot and, and peyot, similar to the Nareag Vaot that we've spoken about, the teenagers who've sort of lost their way the teenagers of the Yehudan Shemron communities, and and they they believe it or not, they actually spray painted swastikas inside the shul of Amona, meaning to say the police who are coming to take them out are are like the Nazis, which it just it's just so using a Nazi re- reference ever is just it it should be never on our lips as a reference to anything other than. If somebody's coming to destroy the Jewish people and kill all of us in a uh, in a steady plan, anyway, at the end of the day, all the pictures were about these kids, these teenagers, who made a huge mess of everything, who were violent, and who were ultimately just taken taken out by force. Here's the kicker. They don't live in Amona. They're from all over the place but Amona. And they came to Amona for action. That's the way I see it.
They just came for action. They didn't come. They, they claimed they came to protest. They came to, to strengthen the people of Amona, but they didn't. The people of Amona did not want the violence. They were against it. And ultimately, it, they were overshadowed. The, the real Amona residents, those who have been there for all these years, for the 20 years, those who have, who have raised their children there and built their homes there and put their neshama into this land, they became the side story. And the main headlines were, of course, the violence of the kids in the shul. And this goes back to something we discussed, I think, about a year and a half ago. This hardcore group, and I hope it's not growing, but I would say it's a small group of anarchists. I don't know if you can call them religious, but obviously they have bikipot and peyot, and they, they keep many of the mitzvot. They consider themselves orthodox and religious anarchists who have no God. They have no Torah. They they really they have no rob. They have no leadership. They they just do whatever they feel like doing. And um, they will continue if they continue to grow they will be a cancer on our religious Zionist community and will bring us much damage. We'll go to another song, and when we come back, we'll continue to talk about the um, expulsion from Amona. We'll talk a little bit about our reaction as Jews around the world and Jews in Israel. And uh, then we'll go on to other topics about the Trump administration in Israel. That should be interesting. And uh, Galit Sahal and their news talk format and the p- politics that go into it. This is from uh, Nitzan Chen Razel. Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbat. I know that's far off, but still. Oh, that reminds me. This Shabbat is Tu Bishvat. <laughs> and so uh, on Friday, we'll have a, uh, a pre-poned Tu Bishvat special over at JMDM. We hope that you'll Tune in between, uh, well, Jim Dan is 6 to 9. We'll be on probably between 6.30 and 9, 7 and 9, something like that. Here he is, Nitzan Chen Razel, Mizmo Shil Yom HaShabbat. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Say, yet they have a name. My God, 
ניצן חן רזל, מזמור של יום השבת, spend time in Israel, then uh, on Friday nights in many, many, many synagogues, they sing that as the introduction to Yedid Nefesh. After uh, Kabbalat Shabbat, we were talking about the uh, destruction, uh, the expulsion of, from Amona, and uh, the destruction of its, uh, of its homes and synagogues. this small community in the Shomron. And I was asking myself, first of all, I saw no coverage of it in the media here, nothing, which I guess is understood because um, the Trump administration and everything going on around it is consuming, as they say, all the oxygen in the room. But trust me, if um, something... that Israel did cause some damage somewhere in any Arab area, there would have been at least some mention of it in the news, in the national news. Maybe there was. Oh, I'm sure the New York Times mentioned it on page, whatever, A10 or something. But my bigger question is, where were we? How does this affect us? And I include myself because I got to say, I was interested, I watched, I, I, I bit my lip, I, 
I was angry and aggravated and sad. But beyond that, it seems like we were almost apathetic. We went through this a little more than 10 years ago with Gush Katif. So one could say that's not the heartland of Israel. That's uh, the side. Uh, okay, whatever. I'm not ex- excusing it in any which way. But here is something that's being done in the center of the heartland of the land of Israel 50 years after 1967. But in Israel too, where were the masses of people to support Amona? There were no demonstrations, no mass groups of people who were just expressing their pain of uprooting a Jewish community. You didn't find it in Israel. You know what you found in Israel? The Saturday night after that happened, the Motzei Shabbat after this, like two, three days later, a few thousand radical leftists protested in Tel Aviv against uprooting of homes, but homes of the Bedouins in the Negev. And those homes were totally illegally built on land that absolutely belongs to Jews, Jews who have deeds to show that it's their land, Jews that want to live there and can't because the Bedouins by force threw them out and and um, and took took over their land. And the great high court of justice that is forcing the government to expel the Jews from Amona is not dealing in such a, a way with the Bedouins. And all this double standard that you see and everything that's happening, and yet maybe we just got used to it. Maybe we think that there's nothing we can really do about it. But there is, I was, I was disappointed that the, there was no mass demonstration in Israel. And in the United States, we cannot demonstrate against the act, I believe. But we can just demonstrate our pain of such a thing happening. We're pained by it. We can't say, I don't think we can publicly say we're against, we're for, we, we, we live here, and we can't take a public position, I believe. But we can express pain of the uprooting of a Jewish community for nothing. We're not fasting. We're not ripping our clothes. There's no expression of a deep, deep cry that maybe we should expect from a very active Jewish community in Israel, but more so from a very active Jewish community in the United States. Yes, I know that the overwhelming majority of Jews in the United States would agree with the decision and are not so pained by it, but there are more than enough who are that maybe I expect too much, but I've come to expect that we should be more vocal in our anguish. That will conclude the discussion about Amona this week. Uh, we'll continue to follow it. The uh, Most of the residents of Amona are now in uh, Ofra, which is the neighboring uh, city, one of the first, one of the first cities uh, to be established in the Shomron. They're being hosted by families there who, are, who, who have some room for them. But um, it will take some time until uh, the government finds some other territory, some other area for them to, uh, to live in. And we all 
wish them the best. And if there is anything we can do to help them, then uh, we should think about what it is, and we should do it. Yesterday was Yud Shvat, because today is Yud Aleph Shvat, for those listening live, or later. Yud Shvat in Chabad is a very special day. It is the Yortzite, the passing of the sixth Chabad Rebbe. And a year later, his son-in-law, Rav Nachem Mendel Schneerson, uh, took the mantle of leadership very reluctantly and, and changed the world. Definitely the Jewish world, but also the world in general. It changed the Jewish world in a, an immense way. So it, is, it was a, a Chag of sorts in Chabad. And uh, here's a great song. It came out recently as part of some of volume number three, Songs of Chabad, done by Israeli artists in a modern, contemporary fashion. This is Bechabatchu. It's a very well-known song. And the beginning of this um, track, you hear the Rebbe, and I, I believe it's Menachem Mendel Schneerson, I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure, uh, singing the song at a fabreng, and the, the, the people then singing it, and then Shuli Rand, a uh, well-known Israeli uh, artist, Shuli Rand then does his version right uh, right on top of it. So uh, it's Bechabatru off of the album Summer, volume number three, Shuli Rand. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You, you, and you are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Very attentive and astute listeners, and one of our regulars, Moshe, pointed out, I can't believe it, I got the day wrong. Today is your Shvat. Not yesterday. I announced the day wrong at the opening of the show. <laughs> That's pretty embarrassing. Um, it, today is your Shvat, and so all the more appropriate that we play that uh, nigun of Chabad Bechabatru, opening with... Uh, the Rebbe himself singing that piece. I was Shuli Rand off of Tzama, volume number three. There's a well-known song in Israel that has a phrase in it, Dvarim Shiroim Mipo, Loroim Misham. Things that you can see from here, from this vantage point, you can't see it from a different vantage point. And when um, Ariel Sharon announced that he was going to demolish and expel and exile the residents of Gush Katif, all the people who uh, were always supportive of him because he was a great builder of Hityashvud came and said to him, what's going on? How could you suddenly change like this? And, and, and reverse your whole life's policy. And he said, you know, I'm the prime minister now, and varim shiro im mi po, im mi sham. I see things differently from the chair of the prime minister. And that became like one of those catchphrases that when people come to power suddenly, things look different. And things that they said beforehand aren't so true. What's interesting is that usually, or often I should say, they move to the left rather than to the right. And um, 
There was a book released recently by uh, Professor Eldad, former Haver Knesset. I think the title of the book is very Shoimi Polori Misha, about going through all the different prime ministers, basically pointing out that the only one who didn't move in his uh, beliefs, in his positions, in his values regarding Eretz Israel in general was Yitzhak Shamir. Otherwise, everybody from Menachem Begin and on, Ehud Olmert for sure, and eventually Ariel Sharon and so forth. And I'm wondering if the same is happening to Donald Trump, who said a million different things while he was running for president. And um, I think things are, are, are changing somewhat. I think this, uh, this syndrome is happening to him as well. During the uh, campaign, we're moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Now, the truth is, I laughed at that statement because I've heard it uh, every single presidential campaign. And uh, it always was a joke. And I believe, and I've said before, that we should tell the candidate, stop lying to us. Don't Just don't say it. But then, after the election, he continued with it. Yes, I'm going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. David Friedman is going to be the ambassador. He's going he's gonna to work out of Jerusalem. He has a home in Jerusalem. Well, suddenly we're thinking about moving the uh, embassy to Jerusalem. We might move the embassy to Jerusalem. We haven't started looking into it, but things take time. La, 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 la. Before he was elected, settlements are not a problem. Israel should be able to do whatever they want. And Obama is terrible and so forth and so on and so forth and so on. And suddenly last week... We have sort of a parva statement. There was like three different statements. Each one is a little nuanced, a little differently than the other one. Israel should not announce more new settlements. On the other hand, it also said that settlements are not the reason that uh, there's not a peace uh, agreement. And uh, while it might not be helpful, it's not. that's not the factor. So everybody saw in it what they wanted. But again, suddenly Trump is taking a a much more nuanced uh, path. And now there are rumors in Israel that David Friedman may not end up being the ambassador to Israel, that there's consideration of other people and so forth. Um, We'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. But uh, that is really, wow, that's really interesting. Dvarim shiroim mi polo roim misham. Another track from Danny Sanderson's new album, Mikan Haderach. The name of this track is Cosa Nostra, and it's an instrumental. And I was wondering why it's called Cosa Nostra. And I think maybe because the Cosa Nostra is the agreement that the mafia supposedly have amongst themselves that they, that they don't ever talk, they don't snitch. So a song without words. Maybe, I don't know, I have no idea. But that would fit in with Donnie Sanderson's sense of humor. Um, my name is Mayor Weingarten. Here it is, Cosa Nostra from Donnie Sanderson. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Donny Sanderson off of his new album. Mikan Haderech, the name of the album. The name of that cut is Cosa Nostra. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hope all of you enjoyed the uh, halftime show. It's the annual kosher halftime show on the Nachum Siegel Network. And if you haven't seen it, if you didn't see it yesterday, maybe because you're like me and you don't know when it is halftime. <laughs> but I saw it later. Uh, you could just go to the um, to the website, nachumsegel.com, and you'll see it. Uh, you'll see it right there. It's very cool. I got to tell you, it's very cool. And as I told Nachum, uh, something that is now in common with the football game itself and 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 the um, the, the kosher halftime show is uh, that both of them could be worthy of watching if only for the ads. <laughs> but the ads were very professionally done, I must say, very well done. Um, Galitzal is, believe it or not officially a military radio station when we think of a military radio station you think about juntas you know they took over the station declared it a military station but in israel the funny thing is that the military radio station is as defiant of the administration and of the leadership even of the army they're as defiant or even more defiant than the quote-unquote free press the truth is that as far as the content of the broadcasts on Galitzal, the army really doesn't get involved. There are soldiers who at the age of 18 do their arm, arm, army service working in Galitzal. Many of them are groomed there to become journalists, both print and uh, but more importantly, radio and television journalists. I mean, Segal is uh, somebody. Yair Shirky is somebody. Uh, Uri Orbach is another person. Allah Shalom, who who um, we can think of. But in general, the station is has a rather left wing um, tendency politically. Let's say. Um, and it's really interesting that that would be now. Over the last week, there's been a question as whether Galitzal should remain part of the army or be taken out of the army and just become part of the Ministry of Defense. Because many people just think it's it's not appropriate for a modern democracy to have a military radio station. But no one in Israel thinks of it as a military radio Yes, it's called Galitzal, right? The Israel Defense Forces um, airwaves, if you will. But it is the most popular, between Galitzal and Gal Galatz, which is music and traffic reports, it's probably the most po- it is the most popular radio stations that listen to in Israel, and according to many researchers, it's the most trusted. And so, Yaron Dekel, who was a journalist for many years on, uh, on the Israel Broadcast Authority radio station, who also, I don't know that he could be categorized that much as a right-winger, for sure. Probably leans to the left. Hard to tell. He's pretty down the middle, it would seem. He was appointed, and it's funny because he was appointed the station manager, but what's funny is that they don't call it the station manager. It's called Mifaked Galetzal. He's the commander of the Galetzal unit. Um, And in Israel, again, it doesn't sound funny. Everybody's just... 
used to hearing Mifaket Galitzal. But for us, it's like the commander of the radio station, it's a little funny, he gave the first television interview of his uh, five-year service so far to Rina Matzliach on Pagosha uh, Ta'itonut, which translates to Meet the Press, interestingly. And uh, Rina Matzliach, who runs that show, is, quite frankly, I believe, a very left-wing person, and she does rather often wear it on her sleeve. So in her interview, she addressed the fact that Yaron Dekel actually let a few right-wing news talk people have shows. A few! The fa- most famous one is R.L. Segal, who I think is a great journalist and a very interesting person. He has now a daily show on Galetal for one hour. Um, he's the main one. And then you have others, Irit Linur, you have Yoaz Hendel, who's on, uh, Bardugo, a few others, who... Uh, Amit Segal is on once a week. But it, it, it's little dots here and there. But... At least it's a little more balanced than it was before. Before it was crazy, imbalanced ba- uh, and biased to the left. But Rina Matzliach is very unhappy about that. She's like, you know, what's that all about? But the funny thing is you can see her bias come out in this interview. <laughs> so in the first, in the first um, clip, she asks Yaron Dekel, what, what do you mean you brought some right-wingers into the station? Why does a journalist have to be right-wing or left-wing? A journalist shouldn't be right-wing or left A journalist should be a journalist who tells you the facts. Of course, there's no such thing. And Yaron Dekel makes, I believe, one of the most open and frank admissions. He said, Galei Tzahal was a bubble, a bu'ah, a bubble. We were living in a bubble, and that's what happens in American media too, and in Europe for sure. They're living in a bubble where they only hear themselves and people of their thinking. They don't look what's outside of the bubble. They don't hear the voices. And he said, we have to change that. That's some admission. And he said, I came about to make some change. So here's the first, um, the first uh, two clips where she asks him about it, and he uh, makes uh, that, uh, that statement. We know it's Liach from Channel... Two News Israel, Yaron Dekel, the commander, station manager of Galei Tzahal. וצריך להוציא אותה ממנה, ולשם כך נבחרתי לתפקידי. היום התחנה הזו היא מגוונת, היא רלוונטית, היא מואזנת, ויש באמון הציבור, על פי מחקר של בר אילן ושל חיפה, היא התחנה, רשת הרדיו האלקטרונית והטלוויזיה, שאמון הציבור הוא הגדול ביותר בה. So he, he claims, well, now the station is balanced. I, I still don't think that it's balanced, but it's surely more balanced, and, uh, and that's what it has to be. So now she shows her her true her true hand. Um, she tr- shows her true face. She lists some of the names of the right wing people that were brought in. She says, and Segal and Ricklin and Bardugo. What what's that? You feel that you have to bring in one voice from the right against voice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Rina Matzliach, you just said like a half a second ago that journalists shouldn't be categorized in right and left. Does that only apply to the journalists on the left? The journalists on the right should be categorized as journalists on the right and they should be shunned because they're such? 
What makes Ariel Segal a bad person to, to come on and give a show on 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 Galitzal? And then the second name she mentions, which is Ricklin, Shimon Ricklin, he doesn't even have a show. He co-hosts Segal's show one day a week. So she's bringing all these big examples. Look how many, and it's nothing. Two of them actually share a spot one day a week. One of them has one hour during the week. And uh, there are a few others. I'm not saying there's not some improvement, but she's making it out to, oh, every, for every leftist, there's a right way. <laughs> okay. So um, he answers her, well, they create the balance, and that's why people are listening. אראל סגל, ריקלין, ברדוגו, חכה ועוד לא דיברתי על זה שמכניסים לך אורחים מוזיקליים לגלגלת. זה, זה, זה מה זה נקרא? זה נקרא מה אתה רוצה? על כל ימני אני אשים שמאלני? על כל שמאלני אני... לא. ככה, ככה העיתונות צריכה להיראות? אני חושב שגלי צה"ל חייבת לשקף את הדעות השונות בחברה, ואני חושב שקודם לכן היא לא שיקפה. בפירוש לא שיקפה, ולכן טוב שישנו אראל סגל, ואירית לינור לא הזכרת, ברדוגו, אני יכול לציין את יועז הנדל, ואת עמית סגל שנמצא פעם בשבוע, אני יכול לציין כמה וכמה אנשים שאני חושב שנותנים לתחנה, לצד השדרים, לצד השדרים הטובים. Galitzal has to represent the voices of the Israeli public, and in another place in the interview, he said, And the public has moved to the right. And we were not representing the... When did the last time you heard a station manager say that? It is so refreshing. It really... I, I was happy to hear it again. I don't think that they've solved all the problem. And, I, and they still lean left. But for sure, there are now voices that one can hear on Galei Tzahal that represent the majority of the people of Israel. And it's great and refreshing to hear the station manager say it very openly. Hey, this is, um, this is something that we needed to do because we were not representing the voices, uh, the voices of the Israeli people. We're going to end off with another song from Danny Sanderson's new album. This one's called Emek HaMistor, The Secret Valley. Ooh, sounds ominous. We're going to do that after we do our usual end of the show thank yous. We're also going to remind you that this coming Friday, which is not Tu Bishvat, it's, it's Tu Bishvat minus one, but Tu Bishvat is on Shabbat this week, Pashat B'Shalach, um, Shabbat Shira. Great connections between Shabbat Shira and Tu Bishvat. We'll discuss all that. We'll play Tu Bishvat music. I believe Malcolm Holine will be on and Rabbi Yudin and so forth. It'll be a great, great, great show that you're not going to want to miss over at JM in the AM between 6 and 9 this coming Friday. So don't forget, set your alarms to uh, tune in via the app, via the website, nachamsegel.com, so that you can hear the Tubishvat special. It is always a great, great show. I'm going to try and do a Meiri Lim segment have one in mind hopefully i'll get to uh to do it join us won't you anyway before as we close out thank you so much for listening thanks for all your facebook likes and comments keep them coming facebook.com slash the israel show thanks to the staff of the nachum siegel network and my very special thanks as always to nachum siegel coming up on the nachum siegel network an hour of great jewish music followed by encore presentation of headlines with david lichtenstein and then the great 
Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie in the AM and on Tubishvat on Jamie in the AM. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. No, no. They're just running in a different race. Thank you.